Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Isn't that wonderful? And by the way, we want you to go with us. It's going to be such a wonderful place, but I tell you, it would be all the more better if everybody in this room this morning had made plans to meet us over there. If you're here this morning and you're not saved, that's my prayer, prayer of others, that you'll come to know our wonderful Savior today and uh, go to heaven with us. It's going to be such a wonderful place. Well, how many of you brought your Bible with you? We hold up the, the Bible all over the building this morning. I want to ask you to join me in the Gospel of Luke, chapter number 15 this morning. The Gospel of Luke, chapter 15, page 1097. If you have an old Schofield Bible, and if you don't, that's fine. But if you'll join us now in the third gospel, Matthew, Mark, and then the gospel of Luke, chapter 15. I want to read some verses here. If you're familiar with the Bible, then you already know kind of the storyline of this chapter. But I want to share something with you a little bit different, offer a little bit of a different spin on it this morning. If you'll bear with me for just a moment. Luke chapter number 15, all right? Don't forget our service this afternoon at 5.30. I'm calling this really part one of a two-part message for today. So I hope you'll come back tonight and hear the second part. Uh, maybe not from this text, but just along the same theme of today as we celebrate our, what is it, 243rd, is that right? Or 242, 243 uh, birthday here in America. And I love our nation, and I know you do too. I love America, and my prayer is that God will have mercy on us and help us in these days. So just listen, if you will, this morning. You don't have to agree with everything I say. This is America. You have a right to believe what you want to believe, but at the same time, please listen to the Word of God this morning. Look at chapter 15, and I want to begin reading in verse number 11. Here's what the Bible said. And he said, and Jesus said, a certain man had two sons. So what we got here is we got a dad, and he has two boys. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portions of good, the portion of goods that follow to me. And he, the father, divided unto them the sons his living. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country, and there wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land, and he, the younger son, began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into the fields to feed swine. And he would have feigned, have filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. And when he had came to himself, turning point of the story, when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father have bread enough uh, and to spare, and I perish with hunger? I will arise and go to my father, and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and am no more worthy to be called thy son, make me as one of thy hired servants. And he arose, came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion, and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. But before he could finish this now, before he could finish his, uh, his statement, verse 22, but the father said to his servants, bring forth the best robe, put it on him, put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet, and bring hither the fatted calf and kill it, 
and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to be merry. What a great story. Let's pray. Father, would you please bless the reading of your word and then bless the truth of this story to the good of our hearts here this morning, I pray in Jesus' name, amen. You know, what I've just read to you has been rightly called the, the pearl of all the parables that Jesus ever told. Ralph Waldo Emerson, the famous poet, said this, of the, of the story of the prodigal son, he said it is the greatest story ever told in or out of the Bible. It's really a story that never grows old and probably has one of the greatest, sweetest storybook endings of all the stories that Jesus ever told. Can I tell you that this one story teaches you and I more about God than any other story in all of the Bible. You want to know what God is right, like, all you got to do is read the story of the prodigal son because God is pictured in the story as being the father of the boys. And then, unfortunately, however, tragically, we learn more about us than any other story that's in the Bible as well. You want to get a picture of how we are. All we got to do is read the story of the prodigal son. We're like the two boys of this story. Now, really, this story is about a man that had a son. Now, no, we, we know he had two boys, but we're actually only dealing with one of these boys this morning. So this boy comes to his dad with a very, very grievous request. He requests of his dad to give him his part of the inheritance. Now, you and I know that an inheritance is something that is not given until someone has died. So when the son comes to his daddy and, and requests his inheritance, it would be the same as saying, Daddy, I wish you were dead, but since you're not dead, go ahead and give me the part of the inheritance that is coming to me. I don't know about you, but that would break my heart if one of my children ever looked at me and said, since you won't die, will you go ahead and give me my part of the inheritance? It is a grievous request. But this grievous request is met with a very gracious reply. Because we read in verse number 12, the last sentence there, that this daddy just ups and divides among these boys his living. By the way, notice it is his living, the father's living, not the boy's. It is his living. And then the Bible said this one boy packs all of his bags up and with the inheritance and all the money that has da his dad has worked for all these years, he takes that and he heads off into the far country. Now, if you want to know what he did when he got there, look across the page to verse number 30 right here. Here's what the Bible said. But as soon as this thy son was come, which hath devoured thy living with, say it with me, harlots. You know what he spent all that money on? He spent all that money on a bunch of harlots in the far country. You can only imagine the sin and the debauchery that this boy got into while he was over there in the far country. Well, I want to tell you something. This old boy may have gone off like a rocket, but eventually, as the story concludes, he comes down like a rock. 
That's right. You know, this old boy, he hits rock bottom while he's down there in the far country. He found out what so many have found out through the years, and that's this. The devil always paints greener, uh, the pictures of greener grasses outside of the fence of the will of God, but the greenest grass, as we all know, always grows over the septic tank. That's exactly right. Well, he finally comes to himself down there in the far country, and he decides that he's going home. So on the road back home, he comes with all of his guilt, with all of his shame, with all of his humiliation, and he's expected to be treated harshly by his father. But in an amazing turn of events, we find that his father deals with him graciously and gracefully. Now, this is a, this is a great story. And we normally call this story the story of the prodigal son. But this morning, I don't want to look at this story of the prodigal son. I want to call this story this morning the story of the prodigal nation. Because in this story this morning, in so many ways, the attitude and the actions of this young man toward his father and then his subsequent failure represent where we find ourselves at as a nation this morning. Am I right? I mean, we find ourselves as a nation in this story this morning. In other words, what I'm trying to say, the story of the prodigal son, in many ways, has become our story as a nation. So what I want to do this morning, now stay with me. I'll in, in, in interject some other things as we go. But I want to mention, I want to give you the three different parts to this one story. First of all, I want you to look now in verse number 12. And let me just say number one, he, I'm talking about the prodigal son. He forsook his father. He forsook his father. Now verse 11, this man has two sons. Now the scene to me lends itself to our imagination. I don't know, just this picture that I've got in my mind of this home life of this man and his two boys along with his wife, it kind of to me, uh, it speaks to me of what a great home life they must have had as a family. I mean, you stop and think about this. Here's this home, this man, his wife, his two boys, and how peaceful everything is in their home, how good everything is in their home. While this boy that later comes to his daddy and says, I wish you was dead, but since you're not dead, will you give me my inheritance? Can you just imagine how good this father was to this son? I mean, he enjoyed a great relationship with his father. He enjoyed all the comforts of home, a bed to lie down in each night, home-cooked meals with great food. He enjoyed the benefits and the leadership of a godly and a good father. And even though the mother is not mentioned in this story, I'm, I'm just, just reading between the lines, she had to be a, a great mother as well. But as good as things were, something began to grow in the heart of this young man. He became restless in his spirit till one day he decides to put his father aside. The father that had been so good to him, 
The Father that had so blessed him. The Father whose influence had trickled down to this young man. He puts all that aside. He begins to think to himself, he can do better without the Father. He is convinced that he is wiser than his Father. He knows more than dear old dad. So he ups and he forsakes the father that has been so good to him. He forsakes the father that has made him what he is. He forsakes the father that has protected him and cared for him and provided for his every need. And he turns his back upon all of that thinking he can do better on his own. Now, if that's not a picture of America, then I don't know what is. We have a heavenly Father, a God of America that has been good to our nation. God has been good to America materially. God has blessed us materially as a nation. Our nation is rich in natural resources. Our soil is right for the growing of strong crops and raising fertile cattle. Our streams and our lakes and our oceans are abundant in food. We throw away more food in America than most other nations have collectively. Our animals in America eat better than most human beings do in other parts of the world. Underneath our soil is oil and natural gas. We have abundant clean water sources that provide drinking water for us here in America. God has blessed us. God has made us what we have become. God has blessed us materially here in America. We have two cars in every, every garage. We have to go to the closet on Sunday morning and try to pick out what suit or dress, as the case may be, we're going to wear to church today. We've got a chicken in every, every pot. We live in a comfortable setting at home. We have air conditioning and heat. I said all that to say this. God has been good to America materially. God's been good to America domestically. Did you know, ladies and gentlemen, we've never had, outside of the Civil War, we've never had one major conflict fought on the shores of America. God has given us peace and tranquility here in America. I'll tell you why we don't have or haven't had the problems that other countries have. You know why? Because we've kept God in His rightful place in America. And God has blessed us with peace and tranquility within the shorelines of America. God's blessed us materially and God has blessed us domestically and God has blessed us spiritually here in America. I just want to say again, we are what we are because of the God that you and I have served. Oh, I was re reading recently about an article that said uh, talked about some of the world's thinnest books. I mean, some of the thinnest books that you could ever buy and read. Listen to some of the titles of these thin books. Things That I Cannot Afford by Bill Gates. Boy, that would have to be a thin read, wouldn't it? What about this one? My Plans to Find the Real Killers by O.J. Simpson. Oh, that would have to be a thin read, wouldn't it? What about this one? Listen, My Guide to the Pacific Ocean by Amelia Earhart. Oh, that would have to be a thin read, wouldn't it? My Book of Morals by Bill Clinton. Boy, that would have to be a very thin read, wouldn't it? What I Did to Stop Benghazi by Hillary Clinton. Boy, that'd have to be a thin read, wouldn't it? Benefits from Obamacare by Barack Obama. Have to be a thin read. But the thinnest book of all would have to be this one. 
What made America great? Open it up one word. God. Hey, we have not arrived to the place that we are by our own ingenuity. We have not arrived to this place by our own industry. No, sir. It is God that has protected us. And it is God that has blessed us. And it is God that has provided for us. But somewhere, just like in the story of the prodigal, some years back, we got to thinking we could do better without God. We somehow got to thinking that we were wiser than God. So we packed up everything that we had and we turned our back on the Father that had been so good to us. By the way, did you notice in the story that this old boy wanted everything that the father had but he didn't want the father does that not sound like America we want the riches of the father but we don't want the relationship of the father this old boy was not an asset to the father he was a he was a liability he was not a producer he was a consumer and a lot of people just like this old boy they want God to send the showers of blessing they want the material the domestic and the spiritual they want all of that but they don't want anything to do with the God that is behind all of that every good gift Every perfect gift cometh down from above. It's from God. And if it's good, let's give God the glory for it. Yes, sir. He forsook his father. Yes, sir. You know, a lot of people, they want to bask in God's sunlight. They want to live on God's earth. They want to breathe God's air. They want to drink God's water. But they don't want anything to do with the God who gives us freely. All those things. I say just like this story, this boy forsook his father. And I am afraid that in America we're doing our best to distance ourselves from our heavenly father, the one who has blessed us and made us what we are. So he, number one, he forsook his father. But I want you to see a second step in the story. Not only did he forsake his father, but look, number two, he forfeited his freedom. Now, in, in this story, this young man had all these visions of grandeur. He thought he was leaving the father's house to move into a better life. He thought he was going to really be living once he got away from the father. The bright lights the beautiful sights, the busy nights of the far country were calling his name. He was going to live high on the hogs. He was going to throw caution to the wind. He was going to live to gratify, to gratify and satisfy self. He was going to sleep by day and party by night. He was going to let the good times roll. His motto was, if it felt good, he was going to do it. And yet, when he turned his back on the Father, headed into the far country, he found what so many have found to be true. And that's this. The pleasures of sin always leads down the pathway of sorrow. It never fails. What he thought was his ticket to freedom was actually his ticket to bondage and slavery. Look at me. He thought he was going to live how the hogs but he wound up living with the hogs. Let me tell you why. I'll tell you why. Because he forsook his father. He had it so good, but he wound up being so bad. 
You know, when we look around at our nation today, what do we see? We're seeing a nation that is slowly but surely forfeiting our freedom. We live in a country today of political upheaval, civil unrest, and social disorder. We're no longer united. We're now divided. I was reading on my phone yesterday of a great uh, rally that took place in Portland, Oregon yesterday, and mayhem broke out because one side didn't agree with the other side. I'm telling you, formerly in America, we could agree to disagree and still be civil and be friends about it, but that's no longer the case. And as we go further and further and further away from God, I'm telling you, this upheaval is going to spread in our nation. We're divided instead of united. Our national symbol could rightly be changed from the majestic easel, eagle to the miserable buzzard. That's right. We're living in a day today, that per, a nation that permits evil and prefers evil and even promotes evil in this day. We've glorified wickedness. We've dignified abortion. We've deified man. We've justified sin. We've gratified the flesh. We've magnified evil. We've legalized gambling. We've pacified liberals. We've vilified police. We've nullified God. And we've minimized the Bible. In America, that which used to slink up the back street is now strutting down Main Street. Sodomites have come out of the closet and we put them into the cabinet. We're now turning a blind eye to that which we used to give a stern look to. There are three parties now in Washington, the Democrat Party, the Republican Party, and the Cocktail Party. We're drunk. We're stoned. We're diseased. We're in bondage. We're confused. We don't even know which bathroom to use anymore. While some states in America are legalizing abortion right up to the time of the birth of the child. And listen, we're banning cigarettes and legalizing marijuana. Tell me what sense that makes. We've lost our way. We're not thinking clearly. We, we, we're, 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 thinking, we're, we're, thinking, we're thinking crazy. Our government's going into the liquor business and the gambling business. And we're doing all of this in the name of progression. We're saying to the world, look at us. We are, we are progressing toward uh, ethnic maturity. I'll tell you what we're doing. We're not progressing. We're digressing. Brother, we're, re we're, we're regressing. We're going in the wrong direction in America. And in our attempts to be free, we're getting enslaved in bondage. That's exactly right. In our attempts to cast away God's cords from us, in our attempts to, to, to rid ourselves of the Father, all we're doing is wrapping ourselves in the chains of slavery. Amen. Because we've forsaken our Father. We have forfeited our freedom. But I'm glad the story doesn't end there because I want you to see a third part to the story, and that's this. He forsook his father. He forfeited his freedom. But did you notice in this story he found his forgiveness? Can I tell you something? My prayer, and I know you're praying along with me regarding this, but my prayer is that somewhere in America that we will come to ourselves. Look at verse 17. The Bible said this, verse 17, and when he came... To himself. You know, if there's one place the devil never wants you and I to come to, it's to ourself. He wants to keep us chasing some pot of gold at some never-ending rainbow. He wants to keep us thinking 
thinking, our, our thinking marred and unclear. He wants us to keep thinking we're having the time of our life. But, buddy, I'm telling you something. The whole turning point of this story is when this old boy finally came to himself. He woke up. You know what? We need a spiritual awakening in America. You don't have to agree with me. You don't have to say, Preacher, I'm not of your particular blend of politics. And that, that's cool. I get it. That's fine. We're in America. You be what you want to be. But I think you've got to agree with me when I say, Man, we need, a, we need an awakening in America. We need for God to get us back to where we're thinking clearly again. I think what we're, what, what's indicated to us in verse 17 is when, when this old boy got away from his father, he wasn't thinking clearly. And any time you and I try to distance ourselves from God, we are not thinking clearly. So he wakes up. Boy, I pray, oh God, wake us up. I hope it don't take a war. I hope it don't take some great act of terrorism in America to wake us up. But friend, I'm here to tell you, we need to come to ourselves again. Wake up and realize what's going on. Amen. He came to himself. Look at verse 17. How many hired, and he said, How many hired servants of my father have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger? And then he says this, I will arise and go to my father. Now, it's not, it's not, we're not told this in verse 18, but can't you just see what happens when this old boy says, Hey, man, I, I, I was crazy for leaving what I had. I was absolutely, I wasn't thinking clearly. I mean, I was mentally deranged when I walked away from my father. I had it made back there at the Father's house. Look at the mess that I'm in now, slopping these hogs down here. Nobody cares about me. Look at the life that I'm living. Smell me. Man, the bright lights have turned dim. The beautiful sights have got ugly. The, 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 the busy nights are, uh, and now I'm slopping hogs in the night. I mean, I, it, I, it's all went downhill from here. I have got to get back to my Father. And about that time, I can see the devil jump right here on his shoulder and give him the top five reasons why he shouldn't go home to the Father. Let me count them down for you. Number, number five, he won't forgive you after what you've done. Number four, he don't love you anymore. Number three, you've made such a mess out of your life, he won't straighten it out. Number two, he don't want you back. And reason number one, you should not go home. Your daddy is mad at you. Can I say this to you? Let me get off the subject for just a moment. Can I say this? If you've walked away from God, God's not mad at you. God's mad about you. God loves you. God wants you back. God wants you back in fellowship. And, and, and God wants you back in a place where he can put blessings on your life again. Listen, God is not so mad he's quit loving you. And you've not messed up so bad that God can't straighten out the mess that you've got yourself in. I'm telling you, we serve a God that can do anything. I'll tell you this, the devil's a liar and the father of all lies. So he's going home. So he jumps off the rail, throws down the pail, and hits the trail. He's going home. And the Word of God said, he makes up this speech. Look at verse 18. He begins to make up this speech, what he's going to say when he gets back. Have you ever had to do that before? Boy, I have. Come home late. Daddy said, be home at 11 o'clock. And I get there, it's 11.30, and I'm going up the road. And here's what I'm going to say when I get home. You ever done that before? Well, that old boy, he's practicing. He's rehearsing. I'm going to go home, and here's what I'm going to say. Look at verse 18. I'll say to my father, Father, 
I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me. And so he's rehearsing this. I can see him all the way home. I'm going to say to my father, I have sinned against heaven and against thee. I'm no more worthy to be called thy servant. Make me as one. Haynes is rehearsing that all the way home. And so he gets inside a home, and he's rehearsing this over in his heart. Heart's beating out of his chest. He's nervous. What's going to happen when he gets there? But before he can ever get home, the daddy must have been standing on the porch looking for him. Probably every morning he walked out there on that porch, scanned that horizon for that old boy that had left home. He's looking for him. And he saw him. And the Bible said when he saw him, he ran to him. And the boy starts going over his rehearsed speech. And before he can even finish, the daddy butts in. And by the way, you know what I think the only thing the daddy wanted to hear? I have sinned against heaven and against thee. That's all the daddy wanted to hear. Just a little bit of repentance. Just some confession. You've done wrong. I have sinned. And the daddy took it from there. Hey, if you'll come to Jesus this morning and say, Father, I have sinned, he'll take it from there. That's all he wants to hear from us. That's all he wants to hear from our nation this morning. Oh, God, we've sinned. We've left you. We've distanced our children. Oh, that's okay. I'll take it from there. Y'all just come right over here. And before this story is over, this old boy with the, the, the smell of the hog pen, the smell of the pig pen, is clothed in a robe with a ring on his finger and shoes on his feet, and the father has ordered the fatted calf to be killed. Amen. What, I say, what am I saying? I'm just saying this. Down there in the far country, he learned the meaning of misery. But when he came back to the Father, he learned the meaning of mercy. You know what our nation needs to do? Our nation needs to leave the far country and come back to the Father this morning. And we will find a Father who says, I'll take it from here. Amen. Hey, if you're here this morning, you've never been saved. If you're here this morning, you have been saved, but you've walked away from God. Why don't you come back? Let me tell you what the prodigal found when he got home. He found a father who loved him just the way he was. You know what, God, you'll find this morning, if you'll come to God this morning, you know what you'll find? You'll find a father that loves you just like you are, who loves you, cares about you, and will take all the messes that you may have made, and God will say, hey, give it to me. I'll take it from here. Amen. Why don't you do that today? We need to pray for our nation. Let's bow our heads.